Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Last week we began our series on kingdom economics, the financial blessing and security from the Father. And what we saw was that our Father owns it all. First Chronicles chapter 19, uh, chapter 29 and verse 11 says it like this, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Listen, for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. Both riches and honor come from you. You reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Everybody say this with me. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I declare that your word is true, that you own it all. You are the owner. I am a steward. You know what a steward is? steward is somebody who manages something that belongs to somebody else. And that's what you and I are as it relates to our finances and our, our assets and resources. He owns it all. But you know what? It is the heart of the Father, the clear teaching of the Word of God. It is the heart of the Father to bless His children. When God created Adam and Eve, I remind you, the very first thing he did is he looked right into the eyes of those two he had created and fashioned by his own hand. And, he, and he, the word says in, there in, in 28 of, uh, of Genesis that he blessed them. First thing he did, he blessed them. He supernaturally empowered them to be able to prosper in whatever it was that he was about to assign them. And he, the first thing he said was, be fruitful and multiply. Be productive. And I want you to have dominion over the earth. I don't want the earth to have dominion over you. I want you to be blessed supernaturally, and I want you to have dominion over the earth. You say, but Pastor, Adam and Eve blew it. They, they partnered up with the devil. And did you know the essence of that sin that has affected me and you today. God said, eat out of any tree of this garden. And the word had said earlier that God planted the garden. And he said, you can have anything and everything in this garden, but there's one tree that I tell you you can't eat of because if you do, death will come. So understand this, that the heart of original sin was consuming something that only belonged to God. God made that, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. He didn't want them to really know by experience what evil was like. God had already seen evil. He had seen Lucifer get cast out because of his rebellion with a third of the angels of heaven. You can read about it in Revelation 12 someday. But listen to this. The heart of sin 
was actually Adam and Eve acting sovereign over something that they had no rights to. God taught me out of great brokenness many, many years ago that one reason why I was operating in such brokenness was because I was trying to act sovereign over something that I had no rights to. It was His. Leviticus says it very plainly there in 27, 31 and 32. The tithe is holy. It belongs to the Lord. So God told me that the heart of my brokenness was that I was consuming something that only belonged to Him by divine right. I told you about that last, last Sunday in my own confession of my own sin. Thank God, almost 30 years later, I've lived on the other side of that by His grace. But you see, God's desires to bless us. You say, but pastor, what about, well, look, even though Adam and Eve sinned, the covenant that affects you and me today, <clears throat> our spiritual father is named Abraham. The Bible says we're sons and daughters of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus. Do you know that? The Bible says that not only are we sons and daughters of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus, but we have the blessing of Abraham in and on us through Christ Jesus. He fulfilled it. Do you know what God said to Abraham? I will bless you and make you great, and you shall be a blessing. I'm going to bless you to such an extent that you will be able to bless others, and in fact, in you, I'm going, I'm going to use you as the spiritual father, and I'm going to bless all your sons and daughters after you. The blessing of Abraham in Christ Jesus. Still not convinced that God wants to bless his children. What about Proverbs 10, 22? It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. What about the words of Jesus? Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall be yours in full measure. What about 2 Corinthians 9, 8? God is able to cause all grace to abound towards you, so that always having all sufficiency, you may have an abundance for every good deed. The blessing of the Lord. What about 3 John 2? I desire above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I could go on and on and on. You see, you say, how do you know all those scriptures about blessing and financial? Because I was broken, desperate. I went to every word in the Word of God. You know what I found out? I found out that with every command that God gave, to release something to him. With every command, there was a promise attached to the end of it. Amen. That's not my idea. That's God's idea. We also talked about how this, this was a marvelous opportunity. You know, growing up, I only heard about the obligation side of giving. Nobody ever taught me the opportunity side of investing. It was all obligation. Give or else. Oh, we'd get all these letters and we'd have all the campaigns in the church and there would be all this, uh, the, all this 
incredible amount of pressure to raise money to do this, that, and the other. And we were, we were told that if we were uh, not living up to that, how bad that was. And so I grew up and carried for over 40 years only the obligation side of giving. I never got revelation from the Word of God and the Spirit of God or any teaching until I was late 40s, early 50s about the opportunity side of investing in the kingdom of God. Why would God always attach a promise to a command if there was an opportunity involved? That's the Word of God. God has given us a wonderful opportunity to partner with Him. We talked last week about how He calls on us, His children, to partner with Him. We talked about how that partnership also had responsibilities involved with it. We talked um, uh, briefly about Malachi 3, and I've asked you to turn there. Let's take a, a, another look at it. We, uh, we talked about how, how it was that God had decided that there was something that only belonged to Him. A portion, although it's all His by divine right, He says that there is a first 10% that is holy. You say, well, Pastor, that's just an Old Testament passage. And you know, I told you about in my ignorance, I heard some teaching on that, and I decided that it was right, and it liked to kill me. There is, listen, it is true that in the, in, by Jesus' authority in the New Testament, there were certain things that were Old Testament obligations that Jesus now fulfilled and terminated. Things like ceremonial cleansing of pots and dishes to prepare food. Things like dietary laws and restrictions to basically protect his people back then. And Jesus declared all foods to be clean. Jesus declared that the washing on the outside of all the ceremonial cleansings was not necessary. It was the heart that God was looking at and concerned about. But don't be deceived into wrong teaching like I was. There is nowhere in Scripture where the Lord or the apostles ever terminated tithing. Nowhere. In fact, as we closed last Sunday, I showed you the wonderful, magnificent promise, and I'd love for you to go there with me to hold your place there in Malachi, go to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, comparing Jesus with Melchizedek, the high priest who Abraham tithed to. You know, people believe that tithing started with the Mosaic Law. Hundreds of years before Moses ever got here, our spiritual father Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, the king and priest of his day. It is not terminated. It was fulfilled and perpetuated. The Bible says there in Hebrews 7 verse 8 in comparing Jesus to Melchizedek, it says, there he, Jesus, receives tithes. Oh, boy. 
Now, um, Ron, you're a Jewish man, and you were taught growing up all about tithing. And you stepped into knowing Jesus as the, as the Messiah. Has there ever, have you ever seen in, in any teaching where that was just an Old Testament deal? Can I tell you something? This is a beautiful thing right here, Chad. This is a beautiful thing. The Bible says that Jesus, our high priest, right now in heaven, he receives tithes. Do you hear that, Jason? He personally, listen, right now, Jesus, your high priest, personally, it receives your tithes. Personally. He, your high priest. And do you know what a high priest does? Two things. Receives offerings and releases blessings. All through the Old and New Testament, that's what a high priest does. He receives offerings and releases blessings, Edric. So I want you to get revelation of this. I want you to get revelation that when you decide to obey the Lord and recognize that that first 10% of what he gives you is his, I want you to get revelation that when you write that check or you make that electronic deposit or whatever you do, I want you to understand first and foremost, you are not giving that to the church. You are not giving that to the ministry. You're giving that to Jesus. He is the high priest. You're giving it to Jesus. And he understands, he sees it. If he didn't see it, he couldn't offer the promises of the return. He knows it, he receives it. So here's what I'd like for you to do, church, and everybody listening to me, and right last year we had people listening to us in 50 countries. Is that not amazing? Everybody who'll listen to me, understand that you ought to get excited when you release that tithe, you are sending it to Jesus. And he is watching over it. It is sent to him. Do you know in the Old Testament, they had something they call a wave offering. They'd get up there when they were making an offering and they would wave in the air, palms and things, to celebrate. They were getting excited about the opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. You ought to get excited about investing in the kingdom of God. You ought to get excited that Jesus himself receives your tithe. Hallelujah. You ought to get excited. I have started laying hands on and blessing every gift that I can get my hands on that comes into the Lord through this church and praying for God to mightily bless this, that he is honored and praised for it, and that God would mightily bless it. Can I tell you something? You're never going to get a letter from me asking you for money. Not going to happen. The next time we take up an offering will be the first time in 30 years. No, not everybody's supposed to do that. I get it. There's my precious right there. Hey, sweetie, would you look? Me and her are tight. Hey, Papa, how you doing? God continues to heal her mama, too. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
and puts up with her daddy. <laughs> Just thought I might throw that in there. Get excited. Can I tell you something? I'm not ever going to have a fundraiser, but I want to tell you this. I am going to teach you the Word of God. Amen. Then it's up to you to do with it what you decide to do. Isn't that right, Bob? Now look, the Bible is very clear about what we're to do in partnership with the one who, our Father who wants to bless us. Look at this. In chapter 3 of Malachi, some people had just like me, many years ago, had slipped out into some old ways, and uh, the Lord was speaking some correction and encouragement to them. And if you'll look up there in the context, uh, you'll, you'll see that the Lord tells them in verse 7, return, return, come back to me, God, the Father said. Come on back, return, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? And then he asked this question. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. See, I told you it was holy and it was mine. Verse 9, you were cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation of you. But then notice what he says. Just bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Last, last week we answered this question. Where was the storehouse for them? The storehouse was where they got together, where there was opportunity for worship provided for them, whether there was spiritual, where there was spiritual leadership, where the Word of God was taught them, where they were interceded for, where they were encouraged by spiritual leadership. It was that place where that was the storehouse and a place where they could come and worship, a place where they were with others of like mind and faith, a place where they were ministered to. That was the storehouse. Remember, when you tithe, you tithe first of all to Jesus, but you, you, you release that tithe to God's storehouses. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have a local church where I'm fed and taught and interceded for, and I, I, I don't have all of that uh, in place. Well, find where it is that you are Lord. And I know throughout this whole world, there are people all over this place who don't have the blessing of a faith family. They don't have the opportunities that many of us do. Ask the Lord, Jesus, since this tithe is yours, ask the Lord, where do you want this offering into the kingdom of God? Where do you want this to go? Ask him. Get peace from him and direction from him. And just begin to do your part. You say, well, I'm waiting to hear from God. I hadn't heard from him yet. We'll get you a separate account that you call your tithe account and get, your, get that which you, you receive over into that account so that you don't operate with it. You recognize this is holy. God, give me revelation. This is yours. You say, Pastor, that is hard preaching. No, it's not. This is to preserve and protect you. I've been there with the curse on my finances. I've been there in ignorance. I've been there. And I want you to know that the, the 
curse is real. Notice what he said. Bring all the tithes into that storehouse that there may be food in my house. In other words, invest in that which is being done on your behalf spiritually. Where is it? Who is it that, that, that is investing in you for the glory of God? And try me now in this, saith the Lord. You heard me last week, didn't you, Joe? God says over and over again, don't try the Lord. Do not test the Lord. But one time, Scott, one time, right here, he says, go ahead and put me to the test. Just go ahead. He knows how hard it is for us to let go of financial resources that we think we need. He said, go ahead and put me to the test. See if I will not do this. You go ahead and give me my tithe. Test me now and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. How many of you know that every good and perfect gift comes from above? Amen? Every blessing you have comes from your Father. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. You're going to have to get another bucket. You're going to have to expand. You're going to have to expand your financial vision because I'm going to bless you. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Oh, my. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Did you see what God called the devourer? Verse 11, it's a he. It's not an it. There is a personality behind the devourer. John 10.10 tells us that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Did you know that the devourer takes many, many faces? That devourer takes many faces. It, it can have to do with medical bills. It can have to do with markets and the fickle attitude of customers. It can have to do with recessions. And it can have to do with all kind of things. But you need to understand that your personal devourer is alive and well. In fact, the devourer is the same, one in the same with the accuser. Revelation 12 tells us this, that there is an accuser of the brethren, listen, who goes before the throne of God and accuses you and accuses me day and night. Now, do you believe that or not? Do you know that in the courts of heaven, you have an adversary, and he goes before you, he goes before God day and night to accuse you? Accuse you of what? Of sins that you've already confessed and have been forgiven and washed by the blood of Jesus. Accuse you of being guilty of something the Lord has cleansed you of. But did you know this? Listen, the devourer, the accuser, one in the same personality, I believe, also goes before the throne of heaven 
and says about you, this, they don't anymore give tithes and offerings to their high priest, so they don't deserve financial blessing. They deserve financial brokenness, and I'm going to see to it. Some of you are swallowing hard, and you should. And you should. If there is an accuser of the brethren, and he's one and the same with the devourer, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and if he, for whatever reason, has access to go before the... You say, Pastor, that doesn't happen. What about Job? The devil went up there and said, all you got to do is... You know, if Job has some hard times, he'll curse you. He'll turn his back on you. What about the New Testament? What about Simon when Jesus said, Simon, Satan has come and asked for you. He desires to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. So the devil can get up there and make accusations. So what is the record in heaven as it relates to bringing all the tithes into the storehouse so that God is first place? What is the record in heaven? How's yours look? It's not about amount. It's about obedience to that proportion that God says is His. What God said to me, and I'll say it again this Sunday, the Lord told me after I was crying out and praying and asking for uh, all this kind of help, God said, I'd love to help you, but I can't. And I didn't understand that at the time. And I asked the Lord, why can you not help me here? He said, because you're walking around with my money in your pocket. Whoo-wee! You talk about some correction, David. I'm talking about the Lord just took me to task. Whew. Now I'm a plain guy. I can understand talk like that. I want to tell you, I told the Lord, well, if I started doing that, it'll be a financial disaster. He said, put me to the test in this and see. You've had your chance of acting sovereign over your finances. Why don't you turn it over to me? And here's what the Lord told Listen, are you listening? If, if I do not partner with the Lord, the Father of heaven, and if I decide not to cooperate, and if I decide not to join Him in responsibility of what He says about resources, if I decide to do that, I can, but I'll have to deal with the devourer. I'll have to deal with the devourer. God says, if you'll bring all the tithes into the storehouse, I will rebuke the devourer. Can I ask you something? Do you have the authority to deal effectively with the devourer on your own? But how many of you know that if we just get revelation of this and understand as we come before the high priest of heaven 
as we say, God, it's all yours. You have asked me to join you in faith and to get in this partnership with you. And you've told me that if I just release that tithe to you, you're going to open the windows of heaven. The devourer will not destroy me. Can I tell you something? You've got heaven backing you up when you go through all the turmoil and difficulty of financial stress. And you're going to have it. You're going to be tested in this. You're going to go through times and seasons when there is, whoo, man, there's pressure and stress. But when you do, you ought to rejoice and get out there and just give God praise and honor and glory that He is your provider, that He is your defender, and that it's up to Him to rebuke the devourer. Either I or you or Jesus, our Father is the authority, and it depends on who we believe and whether or not we're acting sovereign or we're allowing Him to be sovereign. If I insist, the Lord is showing me that there are courts in heaven, there are books in heaven. And the Lord is also showing me that the accuser sometimes has legal ground to do things that he has no right to do, and he has the right to do it because I gave him that ground. Nobody has the right to break into our home today and steal something. Nobody has that right. But can I ask you something? What if I left all my doors and windows open? There's a difference in right and opportunity, right? So my negligence and unbelief and disobedience can leave doors and windows open into my life and into everything associated with my life. So I have to partner with the Lord and get serious about that. What a what an opportunity. What a promise. Put me to the test in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not pour you out a blessing till it overflows. Well, there's a great witness that I'd like to tell you about, but I've got to wait till next time on that. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. I want you to get revelation of this, if nothing else. God is offering you a magnificent opportunity. Your Father loves you. He wants you to be blessed and to have you and give you sufficiency and an abundance for every good deed. It's a clear teaching of the Word of God. But He's inviting you not just to enter into an opportunity, but to join in the responsibility of that opportunity and get the promise that He's attached to it. You know, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says it like this, Honor the Lord with your possessions. Have you done that lately? I told the Lord this week, I honor you with these vehicles. I honor you with this house. I honor you with, these, with this clothing. I honor you. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first portion of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty. Barns is where they stored what they didn't need that day. 
and your vats will overflow with new wine. It's, it was new vines, new grapes, new, new things to buy and sell and trade. When there is a command, when there is a command, there's a promise. Betty? Where there's a command, there's a promise. Thank you, Lord. So what I want you to do is ask God, God, give me revelation that I can release tithes and that you, high, you, you are my high priest, Jesus, that you are receiving those tithes. Those, those are yours. And when I release those tithes to you, Jesus, that's it. It's up to you to do the rest. I just obey you. But forgive me for not being aggressive about the promise attached to the command. Forgive me for getting so much into obligation that I have failed to lay hold of opportunity. Forgive me for becoming so ritualistic that I don't understand that the giving of my tithes and offerings are a magnificent act of worship. Not obligation, worship. Worship. You ought to get excited about it. Worship. Can I tell you something? When you get revelation of that, and when you get revelation that God Almighty is the master accountant. You know that, Chris? God Almighty is the master accountant. He, he's, he knows it all. And I know some of you are going through seasons of financial stress and difficulty. And you say, Pastor, I've been a tither. Go back and begin to worship the Lord. Go back and begin to re remind yourself of the promises of God and remind yourself of this. You're just in the middle of the book. You ain't read the last chapter yet. God will fulfill His promise to you. I want you to bow your heads with me, please. And I want you to join me in this prayer if it adequately reflects your heart today. Mighty Father, say it with me. Mighty Father, open the eyes of my heart that I may see how you desire to bless me and what you expect of me in this partnership. Open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes. Almighty oh, Father. Oh, give us greater revelation of what a holy act of worship it is to release tithes and offerings to the high priest of our life. What a holy thing of worship, how we praise you for the blessing, the opportunity, the grace and the teaching. Thank you for your marvelous grace to Dina and me. Thank you for your forgiveness on my own ignorance and disobedience for so long, but I praise you, O oh God, for these last almost 30 years. How faithful you've been. You are the only explanation for any personal blessing or any blessing on this ministry. It has not been raised or contrived it has not been obligation insisted on, Lord. It is you. You have done it. And I praise you for it, God, and give you all the glory. 
I ask you right now, Lord, to bless all of these in the sound of my voice with everything they can handle. Father, everything you can get to them and all that you want to get through them, I pray that you will begin to grant that, that you will give them absolute evidence that you're opening the windows of heaven. It's a new season. And that you will rebuke the devourer on their behalf. And that it is your authority that will keep them from being destroyed. Thank you, Father, that there's evidence in the Word of God to defeat the lies of the accuser of all of these who are listening. We praise you that the Word of God is true and powerful and stronger and mightier than any lie of the evil one. So we declare today that our future is not up for grabs. We declare today that sufficiency and abundance is your desire for us. We declare today that you're our God and we praise you that as our Father you want to bless us. It's the clear teaching of your word. Show us how, Father, to embrace the opportunity and walk in the responsibility by your grace. Mightily, O oh God, open windows of heaven. Pour out blessings on businesses, on professions, God, pour out blessings, Father, on not just in the work of our hands, but pour out blessings, Father, from surprise sources. Because we're going to honor you with it, Father. We're going to make sure that we obey you first, that we will honor you with that first portion of what comes. God, give us revelation that in your eyes it's holy, and it ought to be holy in our eyes. Forgive us for touching, operating with, spending that which you say is holy. Have mercy on us, O oh Lord. And thank you for the opportunity to just, for the grace to start where we are right now. Hallelujah. Thank you for that grace. Flowing out of your heart, God, of forgiveness. And I pray for those, O oh God, who are struggling. I pray that the Word of God would, get, would be revealed in them and that the grace of God will fortify their will and they will get started on that adventure of partnering with you as their Holy Father, their source, the one who rebukes the devourer. I ask for everybody in the sound of my voice, Lord, to enter into this holy covenant in the name of Jesus, and all the people said, Amen. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.